Welcome to QTalks, a podcast series by QTech, the Cambridge University Technology and Enterprise Club. This episode was sponsored by DesignSpark, design tools and resources for engineers to help make their ideas happen. I'm Shreya. And I'm Thomas. And we are your hosts for QTalks, a series for aspiring innovators in which we talk about the typical and not the typical journeys of making ideas reality and changing the world. This week on QTalks, we are talking to Georgia Longobardi, founder and CEO of Cambridge GAN Devices, otherwise known as CGD. CGD is a spin-out from the University of Cambridge Engineering Department and design power electronics that provide higher speed, less power loss, and are smaller than existing transistors. Georgia was one of the five young female engineers chosen by the Royal Academy of Engineering, and she has a great story about spinning out from the university department, which will be very interesting to hear about. Hi Georgia, thank you very much for coming on the show with us today. Hi, thank you for inviting me. If you could start off by telling us a little bit about your background. Yes, um, so my background is one of the most difficult questions, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm an electrical engineer. I graduated from the University of Naples, Federico II, in uh, Italy. Then I came to Cambridge in 2009, yes, for an Erasmus program, six months. And I stayed uh, for the PhD after that. Um, I continued doing um, research in um, power devices in particular, and I continued as well after the PhD. So it's, it's been 10 years now that I've been doing uh, work in, in power transistors wow. and power devices. Yes. Can you give us an overview of what your company actually does? Yes. Um, so perhaps I should follow on what I was mentioning before uh, about the uh, background in power electronics. Mm. Um, in 2016, I participated to the Postal Cambridge uh, Enterprise Competition, um, which was a way for me to see um, how my research, if my research could actually go somewhere in terms of uh, being exploited into something could lead to a company and a startup. And back then it was really just an idea. I knew I knew that the transistor I was working on, it was better than the competitors. I knew it because I was doing research on competitors' transistors. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this Cambridge Enterprise competition and I said, okay, there is a deadline. I'm going to stop writing papers because that's all I was doing. Um, and I'm going to write a business plan. And uh, back then, I had no idea how to write a business plan. I didn't even know what it was, which kind of information to put. And I just bought a random book on how to write a business plan. Nice. Uh, I put a few things together. If I look at that business plan now, it's, oh my gosh, it's (laughs) it's a terrible document. (laughs) I'll keep it um, safe somewhere else where nobody can read it anymore. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, that was the beginning of the the company, Cambridge Gun Devices, in, in 2016, really. So within the competition, I filed the first patent and after that we registered the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so the company is Cambridge Can Devices. It's a full name. You can call it CGD in, in short. Um, it's a spin-off company of the engineering department. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, it aims at exploiting the research I was, uh, I was doing um, as, a, as a postdoc back then. 
Um, and um, it aims at bringing to the market transistors, power transistors that are more efficient and uh, lighter. So if you use the transistor that CGD makes, mm -hmm. you can actually have much smaller, less hot and faster power yeah. supplies for mobile phones, wireless charging, and we are looking into electric vehicles as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a very big market uh, growing. So are you designing certain transistors or, or, or what are you guys working on? So we're a fabless semiconductor company, mm -hmm. which means we outsource the material, but we have IP in the design that um, can overcome some of the challenges that uh, the transistor would have without uh, our IEP. Mm -hmm. So what we do, we, uh, we know what the problem is and that's why we started. We design a transistor in such a way that um, can overcome those issues. Mm -hmm. uh, we send the layout to the foundry. The foundry fabricates it for us. And uh, usually it's more than one design because you know you had to have the structures and making sure, make sure that your design is working properly. Then we receive the, the wafers back from the foundry. And from there on is a matter of uh, packaging them, putting them in something that can be actually used in a circuit. So from a wafer, to a chip mm -hmm. um, all the way to the circuit. So we do the design, we do the design of the packaging, design of the transistor, and we do the design of the power electronic circuit for mm -hmm. demonstrating mm -hmm. the power transistor. Mm -hmm. um, but our value proposition is in the power transistor rather than in the circuit. That's amazing. So where are you at at the moment and where do you hope that this company will go? At the moment, we oh my gosh, um, many things changed in the last month. So let me let me recap. Um, at the moment, I have a team of 14 people. So we started from uh, we were three of us, and bit by bit we grew into five. Then we approached the seed fund investment. Uh, that was last January. I started pitching. We closed the round in May. Mm -hmm. Uh, and from May onwards, it was uh, it was a big expansion all the way to 14 people. Uh, that's uh, for what concerns the team. Uh, in terms of IP, I mentioned I filed the first patent during Cambridge Enterprise competition. Now we have eight patents filing for more this month, so we're going towards 12. In terms of uh, the findings, I said we did raise the seed funds. Uh, that was a, a successful uh, fundraising. We were oversubscribed, so uh, that was also challenging, you know, to uh, decide who to accept, who not to accept. Um, was not expecting that seriously, um, but it was it, it was good experience as well. And uh, now we have an office. We have a full office uh, very close to the North Cambridge station, Dinlan House, uh, and uh, we are building our lab. So we are uh, really, really um, building everything now, moving from the engineering department to having it within our company. Um, and we had our first engineering samples last week. So we have something to, to show to our customers now, which is amazing. Sounds like a great journey that you've been through yes. um, and it would be 
great to discuss that further in a little bit. Um, but I was just wondering, it's quite a technical field um, in terms of power engineering and the specific technology that you're using. So how do you pitch yourself to investors that are not necessarily specifically involved in this area? Uh, it's a very good question. And I had to say it was one of the main challenges I had when I started the journey as, a, as an entrepreneur. Um, I still remember during the postdoc competition, the first time I gave the pitch to a mentor, I had a coach for adjusting the presentation. And she, she looked at me and she was like, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, electric field, power, whatever. I didn't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, very desperate because I had put literally all my knowledge into that presentation. So that was the first time at which I understood that I had to forget everything I had learned in 10 years of research and, and focus on the application and what, um, on what normal people would could relate mm -hmm. to. Um, so the answer to that question now is... Is, uh, I had to talk about the application, so I had to talk about the uh, advantages of the final application, such as the saving the energy that our transistors can provide, um, the smaller circuitry. And it's very easy for any person to connect uh, to an application such as an electric vehicle, for example, understanding how important that is. And, um, and then every now and then you do get to talk to investors that are technical and they might ask you something more specific. And in that case, you can just free all your knowledge <laughs> about the physics of semiconductors or, or whatever they want to know. Um, so that's the approach in general. Well, it sounds like you have had an amazing journey so far. Mm -hmm. Was that serendipitous or did you always have a lingering entrepreneurial ambition in you? To be honest, when I started a PhD, I did not have in mind to start up a company. My idea was to do research in a field I know it was growing mm -hmm. and it was interesting, uh, interest and it was innovative. That's all I wanted and a challenge because I was back then the first person to do research in the group in, 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 in the specific area I, I did research in. So for me, that was enough. I just wanted the challenge. Um, and I had no idea I would end up with a company with 14 people and a seed fund uh, and uh, at the points at which I am now. Um, I think... I think perhaps um, talking to people that have been through that journey before and that they could um, uh, share with me their experiences and make me understand that what we had was worth it um, exploiting it. Um, that is at the point at which I realized maybe we can do something. But it took me a couple of years to realize what that something was. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had no idea when I started up the company what starting up a company means. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something I have, I've learned. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned about spinning out from the engineering department. So how did you go about actually doing that and moving from the lab into becoming a kind of business person? Okay, uh, when I was thinking about spinning off the company, um, I'm honest with you, at the moment in which I was thinking about that, I, I seriously thought that I was supposed to wear um, a suit and go to some kind of place and say, hey, I'm great, I have an idea, I'm, I want to register my company. I had no idea that the only thing I had to do was to write to my accountant, and you can do it actually also yourself, mm. and say, I want to register this company. So in fact, the moment we registered the company, I was based in Paris and I was doing shopping and I was just exchanging emails with uh, my accountant 
Um, so I, I literally had no idea what it meant. Um, and then, you know, the content writes back to you and says, okay, the company is registered. And you say, okay, I have a company. And from that point, um, uh, it's 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 a matter of learning how things happen. Um, what I had, I had people that have been through the journey before I could talk to. That was essential. Um, but I would say that from the lab, the most uh, difficult thing is to stop thinking at one point about the technology and start focusing on the market. Specifically, if you want to be the CEO of the company, it, mm. it, not necessarily the founder has to be the CEO because there are several positions they can help with. Uh, many are CTOs and it's a very valuable position per se. But if you want to go into the CEO position, then you have to um, translate your expertise from a technical one to a more business commercial one. And that was a challenge for me. Um, for, for the rest, I would say that, um, yeah, it's, it's, very, it, it's literally a matter of waiting for things to happen and realizing that you need someone that can help you through the journey. I think that's a key lesson I've learned. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do it myself if if I alone. If I mean, I, I was uh, um, a very big help was given by the co-founder, clearly Florin, um, and uh, but also the people that I've hired before the seed fund. So the finance manager, the engineer, director of engineering, that helped. Did you face any particular hurdles from the university, the lab or otherwise that you had to kind of overcome to make the company what it is today? Um, I, I had to say I've been lucky enough uh, because I had very strong support from Cambridge Enterprise mm -hmm. from all the way from the competition to um, the investment. There are some there are in, uh, some of the investors were um, for CGD. Um, so they helped us uh, for anything concerning the licensing of the patents, for example, uh, that's where with Cambridge Enterprise to start with, the, the first two. And they helped providing some mentors for, for myself um, to start with. Um, so I didn't necessarily have um, particular hurdles with setting up the company. I think it was more about understanding where that the step from the facilities within the engineering departments to the company, you know, translating everything from what was happening within the department to what the company is. Because at one point you had to make that step, you had to communicate the commercial value of what you are doing. Uh, and uh, that was and is even now uh, the, the, the biggest hurdle, I would say. So when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned about the role as a founder changing throughout your time from more research towards the management side. Um, maybe you could kind of share that with the listeners here. Um, yes, I, I think that is one of the most difficult things to do when you start from, you know, 
you know that you are bringing to the company your ideas and your technical expertise, but then you shift towards a role that is more managerial. Um, I think one of the most important um, messages and takeaways, I would say, from my experience is also that you had to trust your engineering team. Mm. Um, I can't, and I'm, I, I actually try very hard these days as well. Um, it's not my job to judge or to be in the lab or to do the measurements and if you you had to be able to communicate that to the team and you had to give space to the engineering team um, and you actually have to um, um, communicate and help them for anything that um, a CEO has to do um, um, otherwise the team is just not uh, backed up mm-hmm. uh, by someone that knows where the company is going and knows all the all the all the background of the company so um, it's very challenging sometimes uh, to uh, you know just to leave ideas to the team at the moment saying okay guys we had to sort this problem out I don't know how to solve it Mm-hmm. Even though I'm the technical person, you have to learn how to say, I don't know how to solve it. You had to solve it. I know that that's what I need. And I think as a researcher, that's one of the most complicated things to do because you tend to want to find the solution yourself. Yeah. Uh, so that that is quite, every time I say it, I always feel like a bit of me is, is, a, is a suffering. <laughs> uh, it's, it's important. It's important for, for the team as well. You were also mentioning the milestones that you set for yourself or for the company. Um, what are some of those milestones, if you wouldn't mind sharing them? And how did you kind of go about deciding them? Mm. Um, I don't mind at all sharing them. Some of the milestones are decided with investors at the moment in which you, uh, at the moment at which you are asked for investment. Uh, so clearly, they are agreed with them. Um, uh, but um, I've also added some personal, um, some milestones that I've agreed with the team. The ones we have set with investors, the ones that the investors are very keen or are clearly seeing someone with uh, perhaps um, a commercial experience within the company, uh, they realize that even if they value the funders, they realize that the team has to grow also from a commercial point of view. So having a VP of business development on board, for example, is is important. But going towards the technical side, um, having engineering samples, that's that's one of the things I've mentioned before, one of the milestones we have just met, um, or having reliability tests on the on the samples past. Um, um, having the team, from a team point of view, is the VP of business development, is having a chairman as well, because the company needs the board, has to grow. Uh, uh, clearly, investors have interest in, uh, in, in having someone that can oversee the, the, the company. Um, in terms of IP, we, we did have a milestone at the end of the seed fund round to have eight patents, and we are overachieving on that. So mm. that's a good news for us. And uh, yes, that's, these are the main ones. Mm. I think this idea of milestones is quite interesting and not something that we've really talked about before. How sort of flexible are you with your milestones? Because obviously it's great to have something to work towards, but given different circumstances, do you have to kind of change them often? 
Yes, I think it depends on the milestone. If it's um, a matter of making an appointment, it's perhaps easier to meet the milestone, even though you had to see if we manage to uh, appoint the person you are you really really like. On the technical side, clearly there is a risk. There is a risk plan in in place. So there is the milestone, but there is an analysis of um, uh, the risk associated to that, possible delays um, associated to risks uh, coming up. Um, and there are mitigation plans. So um, one of the things we clearly do when we have our board meetings with investors is to go through the milestones uh, um, achieved, but also uh, going through the plan ahead, seeing which one is on time, which one is delayed, and the reasons behind that. So we discuss all of that, and um, we discuss the mitigation plan if something is is not going according to, to the plan. Yeah, I think risk management is a really interesting aspect of managing your own business um, and pretty important. It's, it, it is very important because some of the uh, management of uh, the management of some of the risks require time. So you, you can't wait for the risk to happen to have a backup plan. And that's uh, yes. So it's very important to to start looking at all the risks um, before it's it's too late I would say (laughs) yes so you mentioned about raising your seed fund and having to choose between who you took on board and maybe you could talk to us about how you went about doing that when you start raising money, you you're as a, as a person without experience, um, you think that just uh, raising the money you need is is what it's it's important for for the company. And when you receive lots of attention, you clearly understand that your company has as value and um, there are there there is interest in it. Uh, but I think there are several things, of course, you had to consider um, among which not to dilute yourself too much at that stage. Um, as well as having on board people that can contribute to the company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important if among your um, investors there are uh, people um, that are willing to help or they can um, have an impact to the company, even if it's just via an introduction or perhaps helping with the next um, round. Um, um, so that is one of the things I looked at um, and I had to say I have a very good network of investors at the moment within CGD. So you, you're, you're clearly a very talented person with lots of experience, but even you probably need to look for inspiration somewhere. So what, what inspires you? People. Mm. People inspire me. Um, uh, I've always been amazed by people that have achieved um, what I was dreaming of. Um, and at the moment, for example, I've been involved with the Royal Academy of Engineering as my leaders program. And whenever I go there, I'm part of a hub where um, where I'm surrounded by people that have achieved amazing um, things. And I just look at them and I dream like a little girl. I mean, oh, I wish I was, uh, uh, was like them. And um, you don't realize, but bit by bit, if you look up at these people and you learn from them, you, you, you do achieve your little achievements. Uh, um, so it's mainly the people. I like talking. I've been always surrounded by people that have done more than me and somehow smarter than me. And even though that might feel a bit strange at the beginning, you know, after a while you, you understand that you are learning a lot. 
So, yes, I was reading one time a book in which it was written, never try to be the smarter person in the room, otherwise there is a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Hopefully it's, after this, yeah. people will be looking to you for inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, well, good, good advice. <laughs> and maybe to finish up with a fun question at, at the end, um, what is a secret skill or talent you either have or maybe dream about having? Oh my gosh, you should ask my investors. Um, <laughs> I think that what has helped me achieve what I've achieved so far is the looking for a challenge and looking for a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have always um, looked at something that was um, somehow not as easy to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, a challenge doesn't mean something that cannot be done. For me, it means something that is more difficult to get. Uh, and um, so that, 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 that is what has pushed me to come to Cambridge, has pushed me to do the PhD, has pushed me to do the business plan competition, and has pushed me now to improve as a leader for my team. Um, uh, that has always been the, the reason the reason why and now it's uh you know i have the possibility to actually enter the market with a product that is based on my own research um mm. it's it's just amazing really so that dream is is helping that's fantastic well we wish you all the very best with with your endeavor mm-hmm. and it was fun having you here today yeah, thank you thank you very much for coming on the show thank you very much for inviting me So Shreya, what was the most interesting lesson for you today? I particularly enjoyed when Georgia mentioned about milestones. I thought that was a good way to think about strategic development for a company and the CEO of a company. And in particular, I think uh, people set milestones for themselves when they're doing kind of research and things, but it can be difficult to lose lose sight of the future when you're trying to run a company. So I thought that was a good way to think about it and to make sure that you and your investors are on the same page. I completely agree. And I, I found it also very fascinating how, how Georgia was able to combine her research with uh, the company. Mm. Uh, so based on, on multiple years of research, she was then able to spin out that intellectual property into a company and ha- has made that a strategy of the company, in fact. Mm. So focusing on this IP and building an IP portfolio and designing new IP seems to be the main strategy and it seems like a very successful one. Yeah. Thanks very much again to Georgia for joining us on Q Talks. This podcast was produced by Carl Homer from Cambridge TV and we'd also like to say a big thank you to the team at QTech who have been working hard behind the scenes. Thank you so much for listening and please do go ahead and rate us or leave us a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can tweet us at QTech to suggest a guest or theme or tell us about your experiences in applying technical skills at startups. You'll also find us at qtech.io slash qtalks.